stranger passes by Jack. I'm here with Greg. Hey, Greg, we just told Jonathan we're here. Yeah. Greg. Greg. Me? Yeah. Hey, yeah. Jonathan. Hey, you hear him? Working away. Yeah, we're here. Thank you. All right, cool, man. Yeah, we'll talk to you later. All right, bye. Yo, thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> save my day. You save my day. <laughs> So uh, that's one that you really don't need to see. But uh, just for those of you listening, that's a guy snowboarding. Uh, <laughs> he's very much not at work. And uh, he's on the phone with his boss and uh, passes a random group of people. <laughs> and just says, hey, hey, uh, you want to cover for me? And they they totally do it. You ever uh, you ever pulled anything close to that, Beaner? <laughs> um, I can't say that I have. I honestly cannot say that I have, but uh, good on him. It's pretty smooth, pretty smooth, gotta say. Uh, welcome back to Leafs Late Night. I am your host, Roscoe, joined by Beaner, where it's never too late for the Leafs, presented by Inside the Rink. See Beaner drinking from his uh, branded Yeti there. Gotta love that. So now I can say, because all of them have arrived at their destinations, uh, the group of us and Marty and Luke Man now... I'll have one. So thank you so much for doing that. That is such a lovely, lovely gift to all of us. There, there is a couple still left with the place I get them. So if anybody does want one, you can reach out to me. Um, my sale, my, my gift giving is, is done for the season, <laughs> but um, yeah, they are still available if you want. And we've had a couple of people reach out and I'm more than happy to help you get one. Great. Love that so much. And again, if you'd like anything else branded with our logo on it, we uh, we kind of have the opportunity to request for some different items to be made. So if there's anything you want, let us know and we'll see if there's a way we can get it for you. So uh, anything from hats to uh, shirts, jackets, key thingies, mugs, I don't know, whatever you can think of that you could throw our logo on, let us know and we'll see if we can get it for you. And with that, let's start the show. Hi, this is Mike Ross, public address announcer for your Toronto Maple Leafs. And this is the Leafs Late Night Podcast, your post-game destination. And now your starting lineup, Roscoe, the Fanalist, Southey, Beaner, and Darty Brodeur on the Leafs Late Night Podcast. All right, so uh, apologies we missed the last game. It was a very long week, and uh, Friday night was uh, not really a great time for all of us. I guess we all kind of crashed and had other things going on. So we are back tonight. We will cover the questions that you left from the Minnesota game. Exciting OT winner from Mr. William Nylander, who I got to say, I I have to pull this up because I didn't realize his name is quite a bit longer than uh, just William Nylander. Did you know this? To be completely honest, I thought you guys were always just making it up. I I don't 100% trust Wikipedia all the time. Yeah, I saw, I think it was Tic-Tac-Tomar tweeted, uh, good morning to William Andrew Michael Jr. Nylander Artelius. And I did a quadruple take, like, wait, (laughs) is that actually his name? And according to Wikipedia... Uh, yeah, but Wikipedia also says that he makes two and a half million a year 
which I guess, yeah, on paper, his salary technically is two and a half million, but that is grossly misleading to anybody who is looking up information on William Nylander and needs it quick at a glance. Just saying. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, it, Wikipedia is great for some things, but you always gotta, like, don't be, don't be quoting it unless you dig a little deeper, right? Yeah, I had another little scare from, I guess a false source of information. There was a little glitch with the Yahoo sports app. Uh, did you have this with your fantasy teams happen? I don't know if you had anybody on IR. Um, how it keeps telling you that they're healthy and then IR and then IR they're out then healthy then. Well, I mean, yeah, that's typical of Yahoo. But Friday, there was a very strange one where every single IR player in the league was just like everyone got a notification that they're healthy all of a sudden. So for me, it didn't raise too many alarms, except for the fact that it said, like, it was Tom Wilson, who I'm like, I mean, he's been on and off the last couple of weeks. That wasn't a surprise. But it said Matt Murray was off IR. And I'm like, wait a second, that's a very strange move to do right before the deadline. Is he all of a sudden healthy? Like that one really freaked me out. And then, uh, of course, everybody starts sounding off in all the chats and things saying it's a it's a glitch with Yahoo. So that, that was weird. Yeah, but it, realistically, you can come to expect stuff like that from Yahoo. Like if there was a half decent service out there that was available other than Yahoo, I think everybody would be on it. Well, I mean, really, what is Yahoo relevant for otherwise? Like, I can't believe it's 2023 and we're still using Yahoo for something like they. It seems like from the MySpace era, you know what I mean? Like it just doesn't like AOL <laughs> and Yahoo kind of go hand in hand as like uh, history of the internet, like things you learn about, like you've how, got, Oh yeah. Man. Yahoo. Yahoo had the opportunity to buy Google for a million dollars and said, no, it's like, hmm. hmm, but they're still running fantasy sports. I don't get it. I don't. That, that goes like with the, didn't net or yeah. Didn't blockbuster have a chance to buy Netflix way back in the day. I don't know if it was actually buying them. I could be wrong, but I know that somebody on the board of Blockbuster had the idea to run a fiber optic cable to like stream videos right into people's houses and they called him crazy. And then he ended up being on the board of Netflix. (laughs) So, yeah, yeah. But I mean, if you're Canadian, you know that Netflix is going through its own little thing. But I mean, I thought I was going to get locked out because I'm on my parents, but it let me sign on today. So did they just completely backtrack their whole thing? I know they did in the States because enough people complained about it. And when the Americans complain about something, it actually matters to companies. Yeah, I know we don't have enough subscribers here, but they did it in Canada, Spain, Portugal. There was a couple of countries where they they had done this. And uh, then the announcement came the other day that they slashed their prices in like 30 countries. So I think they were preparing for, uh, you know, an exodus of subscribers. So maybe just to cover their bases, they, they backtracked on this because I shouldn't be able to have Netflix today, but I still do. So I don't know. We'll see. Maybe in a, a month it'll tell me that I can't anymore. But for now... We're still here. Still um, cheaper than cable. Yeah. Well, once you add them all up, I don't know if it is. But uh, back to Yahoo for a quick sec. Where is my goal for Linus Allmark? That is not fair. We get into a discussion with this in one of my leagues every year with regards to goalie assists. Because it's... That's a good it, point. It's, it's not even... Like, 
the goals that happens once every three years, roughly, right? So well, I mean, the okay, last yeah. one I think was Pecorino, wasn't it? Yeah, in nineteen or twenty. So it's been about three years. <clears throat> Excuse me, but assist wise, you get a goalie like Hellebuck or Freddie was really good for it when he was with the Leafs. They play a lot of games. They can accumulate a handful of assists in a year, and if you're in a tight week, one assist can make a huge difference. Well, Sammy so had two in a week, didn't he? Like there was back-to-back games where he was getting primary or secondary assists for yeah. the Leafs. Those like, like there was like games where they had those long bomb passes. He was getting a couple of them, but yeah, it's a good point. They should count. Just yet another thing that Yahoo is behind the times on. The, everything with the way their fantasy system works, I get it. It's free. We don't pay for it, but at the same time, there's options in there to you know, help with making the league a gambling league. And if you're going to be promoting that kind of thing, you need to be better. It, it The whole scenario is there with the NHL as well, right? They're allowing coaches to not tell you who's starting or who's in or who's out right up until like the puck drop, basically. Well, then you go into Yahoo. Game time, game time, air quotes, is 7 o'clock, but the puck doesn't drop until... Can, 724 yeah it's like 707 or something and it's always like why can't i uh, somebody will be ruled out you know after you can change it it's really stupid um you're absolutely right and i've brought this up before that if the nhl wants to get serious about betting they have to tighten up these rules on uh, when coaches can submit their lineups but really as far as goalies go there should just be a column for goals and assists whether it sits at zero the whole season or not like if they get it give it to them like they, it doesn't have to be a reason that you get them, but it should count when it happens. Oh, it absolutely should. Okay. Um, <laughs> do we want to start with the Leaf games or do we want to start with trades? Because we got a, a bunch of both and I don't want to spend too long. Uh, we can quickly go through the games, get them done over with. Okay. So fun thing about both of these is the Leafs had a 71% faceoff percentage. Like are you joking? I mean, I know that bringing in Ryan O'Reilly was going to make a difference, but holy shit, like we we moved Tavares to the wing. It's not like we have a, a trio of of star guys here. It's like they're just dominating this. This is insane. 71%. Well, and it, it's, it has like a trickle-down effect as well, right? Not that JT was bad, but I think O'Reilly's a little bit better of a face-off man, and there are going to be times when it doesn't matter what the center does, they're tossed out. So now on that second line, you have two elite face-off men that if O'Reilly gets tossed out, okay, Tavares is going to take it. Oh, darn. Oh, no. And you have that extra guy now that, you know, it. not that there's been a lot of times they've had to because, you know, there's been some blowouts in that since O'Reilly's been there, but it takes a little bit of pressure off maybe camp for that defensive zone face-off when you really need the win to get it out, right? O'Reilly's available. JT's available because he's not being taxed as much by being the second-best center on the team, right? Like, it it filters throughout your entire lineup, and not only with scoring, ice time, everything, but just it it, it, it can't do anything but good for us. Yeah, That's basically what like, I'm trying to say. <laughs> I'm just checking the, uh, the ice time from the Minnesota game. Um, Matthews and Marner both over 20 minutes, but nobody else hit 20 on the, uh, the forward line. But 
I love seeing the whole team fit, sitting between like 15 to 17 minutes because it means that they're they're trusting everybody to get like the second and third line were, were basically interchangeable, which is awesome. Uh, and we haven't had that that freedom all year. And uh, it seemed to work. I mean, fuck, Minnesota's game was, I want to say boring. There were some exciting elements, but man, that team is interesting. But look, the way that they ran the lines, it worked, and they came out uh, finishing it in OT. So I'll take it. And that goal, by the way, man, when Nylander cut right in front of the net like that, like that's how you break a guy's ankles cutting up that hard. I think that's his uh, bonus in Chell 23, too, is that he can deke at uh, high speeds, and it's called like ankle breaker. <laughs> so that's but, very uh, appropriate. Don't ask uh, old man Cervelli because, you know, oh. he thought that should have been a hooking penalty. Come on. Yeah, he also was saying that O'Reilly wasn't going to make a difference, and then he got a hat trick. So, you know, Cervelli's been... <clears throat> questionable uh so exciting <laughs> things about the wild game austin matthews with the fancy footwork that really got the crowd going that was crazy dude loses his stick and does a complete 180 with the puck in between his skates and keeps two wild off and then kicks the pass off like what this guy's insane even without a stick yeah but as i was watching that okay that was incredible ridiculously skilled and the guy can play like any sport you can imagine but dear god don't do that i don't want you to ruin your groin it's funny that that's your first thought my first thought was after like that was sick was um he can't it's a shame he can't do that to score you can just do it to pass (laughs) passing it's cool if he scores like that oh my god no call it back yeah yeah so david camp picking up the uh the tying goal there in the first period um I didn't realize because we don't play them often. I know the wild have Kaprizov and there's some, some other decent guys on this team, but like I didn't realize they're like the Islanders of the West. Holy shit. It was like one goal and they went, okay, we're going to just turtle. Like everybody was tweeting this out. The name wild is a bit of an oxymoron with this team. When, when the Minnesota wild came into the league, they had Jacques Lemaire and in the coaching staff and they were very very defensive for the longest time they had marion gabarik for a long time and they have had other offensive players but they've always been a defense first team always like not i don't know maybe the islanders is a good comparable maybe more so like a late 90s devils type thing yeah, I, I just trying to compare to like currently yep. the last couple of years, the Islanders have just turned into that. Well, we're going to get a goal or two and then play boring for the rest of the night. That's because they have fourth liners who are making, you know, almost second line money because Lou gives everyone money because he doesn't care. Five times five is his favorite deal. For everybody. Yeah, doesn't matter where you play. The usher that's going to bring people beer to their seats, five million dollars. <laughs> Oh, Lordy. Um, So, yeah, other than that, there wasn't really much to talk about in that game. I mean, is there anything you have? There was no power play goals. There's only uh, two chances for the Leafs, one for the Wild. Uh, The hits, 42 to 27 for the Wild. Oof. Oof. Only thing I guess of note is uh, Geo tying the block record, which he then broke tonight. But, uh, again, like we looked up and like they've said on the broadcast, they only started tracking that in 04. 
05, so technically 06, and um, Geo was playing before that, so we can probably add like a hundred and something to his to his number. There's yeah, there's been so many players throughout the history of the game that that is what they are known for. Like the first one that pops to mind for me is Craig Ludwig. Like the guy is infamous for having extra wide shin pads. Like people would joke that he would take them and kind of bend them out so that they're almost like wings. Um, well, speaking of, they said that Geo's had the same shin pads for like eight or ten years now. Yep. You catch R- Riley's comment about how they can get him a golden shin pad or something. Oh yeah, because they can't really like stop the game to give him the puck or something. So yeah, they should make him some uh, commemorative shin pads, but I don't think he would switch his out. No, probably not. They just keep changing the padding on the inside. <laughs> oh lord i mean i get it they're lucky but they must be so dented yeah like the only thing i would say about that game is it shows because all the talking heads they're always oh the leafs can't play defense what happens when a team shuts them down they won't be able to score they'll get disheartened just the same story people have been saying about the team forever because they're not actually watching games oh of course like matthews had four blocks he, yeah, I don't I, like I, when he does it, but, you know. See, I would rather him blocking shots than stepping on the puck and dancing around with it. Um, Fair. Like, everybody's ripping on him. Oh, you know, last year people were actually saying that Matthews could be better than McDavid. Well, as a complete player, yeah, I still say that. Because you do, I, I don't see McDavid playing defense the way Matthews does. McDavid doesn't commit to it. He wants the points, and I get it. He's the greatest offensive talent we'll probably ever see in our lives. I'm not saying he's not. But for an all-around game, I'll take Matthews. And he's committed to that more this year. They're not going in for him. He's scored in roughly the same number of games this year. Just when he scored, normally he's getting one, whereas last year he was getting two or three. Right? It, it's It's not like he's not been there. He's just not getting multiple goals in the game, which is fine. If he only gets one goal instead of two, but he's got four blocks and two takeaways, I'll take it. I think it's going to be similar to how people are talking about um, Crosby and Ovechkin now that we're getting to the end of their careers. It's like they're good at different things, and it's kind of tough to compare them because of that. Like, yes, Ovechkin is the better goal scorer, obviously, but Crosby, you know, is the team player and has the hardware to back it up. Like it's, it's such a, a hard thing to compare. So I, I guess like, who do you think is going to finish their career with more individual awards? It's well, it's definitely going to be McDavid. Like yeah. Matthew says a long way to go to catch up to that already. That's fair, actually. Yeah. Um, but like, I don't see with Connor what everybody always says that the superstars have to go through. Like a perfect example is Iserman. Iserman broke into the league with the Red Wings and he was scoring over 100 points a season. Like he was just lighting the league up because he was that skilled. And the Red Wings were consistently getting beaten in the playoffs and they couldn't, they couldn't make that next step. All of a sudden, he commits to defense. He loses maybe 30 points a year over what he was getting before. But the team starts winning everything. 
they go on a run of making the playoffs for what was it 25 26 years they were a per, like a perennial every single year they were there you knew the red wings were a threat to win and they did back to back cups in 97 98 they won again in 02 even though Eisenman had left they won again in what was that 08 like yeah I know it's everybody's talking about extensions and stuff. I can't wait to see what like 28 year old Matthews is like, you know, when it's just when he's so confident in his game and like a full grown and fully rounded player, just like absolutely fucking dominating. I can't wait for that. I know it's, you know, not like he's not dominating now, but you know, when it's just established and like you said, they can go on. It's it's just kind of a lock for the playoffs every year because he's just going to be that good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, other thing I just wanted to mention on the the Minnesota game was that block that Geo took that was real high right in his chest and he went down to the ice. I was a little worried that uh, he wasn't going to come back from that one, but I mean, come on, the guy's got the block record for a reason; he can take anything. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's it. OT winner by Willie. And uh, we come out with two points. So that's nice. On to the Kraken game here. Um, I was uh, finishing up a movie after dinner and missed what uh, was apparently... I turned it on and Lily scored. So I was like, oh, did I miss four goals by missing the first half of the first period? Cool. Cool, 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 cool. So uh, did you happen to catch these? Because we got Vince Dunn. Thank you for my fantasy team scoring. And uh, Geo, JT, and Lily answering with three unanswered goals. So live, I was actually on the ice. My beer league team was playing the early game tonight. Hell yeah, you were. Um, yeah, well, we were scheduled to play. Not a lot of us showed up uh, skill-wise. Physically, we were there, but it oh was a rough night. Final um, score? Uh, we made it look better than it was. I want to say, I think it was 10-6. Oh, high scoring. Yeah, it, it was it was bad. But there was one shift where our, our top line got four goals in one shift right at the end of the game there, so it looked a lot more respectable than it should have been. Well, you know, make it look better on paper. That's all that matters. You'll forget about it quicker. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I didn't catch it live. I actually have it playing right now, and we're about... We're almost on the first period and I, I've seen all the goals, but um, so I came, there's probably about 10 or 11 minutes left in the second by the time I caught up and watching it live. So uh, Vince Dunn, defenseman for the Seattle Kraken. Um, we can over explain this like the Seattle broadcast does and say exactly where he moved to and who took his spot and uh, what kind of (laughs) shot he took and uh, where the Toronto defensemen were out of place and why the uh, forwards were doing the right thing by keeping them out of spot like it's it's, I was watching the Seattle broadcast and it's actually crazy every time they play them I'm reminded like how much they just over explain it and tonight it was interesting because the I've never even heard of this like roots network or root network broadcast they had um, a British guy. I someone mentioned Australian. I think he was British as the announcer, and it's it's very strange. I know there's like I don't know how to put this. The lingo for hockey is so not proper English, 
and so bastardized and Canadian that like hearing somebody with a very proper British accent talk about hockey is such a weird juxtaposition to what I'm used to. It's like, whoa. And like hearing all the names on the Leafs, like, and Toronto really turned things around in Mark Giordano. And I was like, wow, I've never heard <laughs> these names read like that before. It just, that was, that was blowing my mind a little bit, but uh, yeah, Seattle it's, broadcasts are fun. Yeah. Like I, I, I'm like my, my wife's grandparents or my wife's mom actually was born in England. Uh, my mom was born in England. So I've, I've been around a lot of accents growing up and since I've been married to my wife as well. So I, I'm, I'm kind of used to it, just not in that, that scenario. Right. Um, and then my wife is a soccer fan. I used to absolutely despise soccer, but it's grown on me and I love it now. So I do watch a lot of games and there is, there's something in the way that English football announcers describe the play and describe the game. It's just, it's absolutely incredible. And if we could oh, get it's some absolutely of that, brilliant. Right? Like it's, it's, it's awesome. Brilliant, brilliant, if, brilliant. If we could get some of that back into hockey, like get some of these announcers back in who are truly passionate for it. Like put Bowen back on TV. That's all we want. Yeah. Just the, like, what do you just freak out? Did you see that? Like, yeah. those are the kinds of reactions you want to hear. Not just like, I don't know. I get it with Seattle. They're, they're teaching people hockey, but I gotta, I have a, actually one more gripe with it. They were, I don't know, explaining to Seattle how long it had been since the Leafs won a playoff round. So like in the middle of the game, of course, because Seattle's down four to one, they're like, yeah, let's talk about the Leafs now. Uh, haven't won a playoff round or a, a Stanley Cup since 66, 67. Haven't uh, won a playoff round since 2004 when they were against Ottawa, like made the playoffs the last six. It's like, you know what, guys, we know anybody who watches hockey, even if you're a new Seattle fan, the first two things you learn are Wayne Gretzky was good and the Leafs have been really bad. Like that's kind of <laughs> that's like A and B. It's like Stephen A. Smith's thing about things I know about hockey. It's like that should be on there. The Leafs don't win playoff rounds. We know. Yet. Yet. Historically, yes. Yet. Fucking please this year. So um, did you see? <laughs> I saw Lily's goal. Beautiful, beautiful pass from behind the net from Marner. Oh, my lordy. They, uh, they had to describe what um, like through the paint like you know this 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 pass you know it, it was behind the net but it went through the crease here this you know, oh my god i just i wish i could watch every leaf game with the seattle broadcasters it's just so fun um so you, you can't see, even you know, watch every leaf game hey <laughs> most of them what are you talking about well legally oh yeah yeah that's that I, that's what i meant not not actual okay, being able fair. to watch them yeah, that's that was a, a dig at Batman's NHL. It's awful, um, especially this weekend with the Friday and Sunday. It's like, what? Are, come on. Um, so, did you see Geo or JT's goals? Because I actually haven't yet. To be completely honest, Geo's goal was pretty weak. Um, oh yeah, yeah, I'll take it. Yeah, kind of skates in from the blue line, and you know he he put a little weight into it, leaned into a wrister, and it just squeaks five hole on Grubauer. There was traffic would, out front, but it almost looked like he was already down and he just didn't have his five hole closed properly. I would watch the replay here, but I'm not sitting through an app <clears throat> in the show to do that. What? Uh, Why not? 
because you got better things to do. And it's hard to mute it. It's very loud, and I don't want to hear about Guts, Glory, Ram. You don't want to hear about Bat 99? Yeah, no, it's probably that's actually true. It's probably a, a Bat 365 <laughs> commercial or something. Speaking of commercials, and the way you tried to did that voice, this is completely off topic and really random. Don't you miss the fact the time when you, if there was a commercial on during a sporting event, there was one of two people doing the voices? Either Sam Elliott or John O'Hurley? Yeah, now it's, um, <laughs> and it was, Kiefer Sutherland was doing Ford for a while. Um, now it's Will Arnett doing GMC, I think. Mm, yeah, I think he is. You'll have to listen for it if you guys haven't heard it. It's pretty funny. It took me a sec, like, wait a second, is that Job? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that guy. So. Anyways. Um, yeah. <laughs> Shot from the point by uh, your buddy Justin Hall there. Oh, nice. And a bunch of traffic out front, and JT just potted in the garbage. Love it. Uh, Nylander picking up his 39th assist of the season. Marner picking up his 52nd, and then his 53rd, and then his 54th. This guy has eight assists in three games, and the last game, he had none. That's insane. Yeah. Like, what? The, yep. It it the, the guy's been playing absolutely out of this world. Like just out of this world. Yeah, and it it's not that I don't want to say it's hard to stand out as a passer, but it's obviously harder to stand out than being somebody who's scoring the goals. The fact that everybody, every broadcaster, all the Americans, every other team is noticing like it doesn't matter where someone is, this guy is finding them with a pass. It doesn't make sense. It's been a while since somebody has been this good at that like fuck it's so fun to watch basically fed uh, matthews the same way um not from behind the net but very similar to the lilligren goal they just ran away with this one though man like they did um matthews knocking the one out of the air to barry oh yeah and then coming in his second of the game was dirty um, the, the thing that I felt a lot early on in this game, I'm, um, and I guess what I want to pull out of it is the learning experience that the Leafs got. So the Buffalo game the other night where it was kind of a similar start, the Leafs came out hot. They scored a bunch of goals in the first, the shots were like in the first period of this game, the shots were 20 to seven. And that was very, very similar to the Buffalo game because after that they had four shots and nine shots. So Last time the Leafs tried to collapse and play defense and hold on to their lead, they let in two or three, three goals. Yeah, it was three goals in the third period because it was like five nothing, right? Or four nothing. Um, now, tonight, they managed to actually do this properly. And <laughs> yes, I get that Seattle's not maybe as offensively powerful as, as Buffalo has been this year, which is crazy to say. Um, but they managed to hold them off and, and keep all the shots. Like I noticed... Seattle was getting chances, but they were from like the goal line in the corner. Like Jared McCann's taking shots from from nowhere land because that's the only place they were getting to. So though it looked like Seattle was catching up in shots, they were garbage chances. But like, and yet again, I'm just I'm been watching it since we were getting set up here. But I I I've seen it not every game, but I have seen it a couple of games, and it it kind of makes me nervous. It's almost like at some points the Leafs will start 
they'll play, they'll get a couple chances right away. They might even bury one. And they'll let a couple chances go the other way. And then depending on how the goaltender is playing, dictates the entire rest of the game. It's a Sammy good point. A, Sammy made a couple big saves. The guys settled in, said, yep, okay, we're on tonight. Let's go. Whereas yeah, Sammy if, was if, fantastic. He was. He was great today. And I I messaged in our group. I think he pulled something. Knocking on wood. I hope not. We can't afford that right now, man. Uh, somewhere on the the like the 850 maybe the nine minute mark of the third he was coming across to make a save and he was slow getting up well actually maybe deadline time it's still not the end of the week so if anyone's gonna get hurt do it before friday please <laughs> thatcher demko oh geez i don't know man i don't know <laughs> i don't know it's tough to recover after a couple bad years i don't trust that sammy picking up a third star Austin and Mitch first and second well-deserved for everybody. Um, the other part of this game I wanted to talk about was, Oh, I had it in the middle of your thing and I was saving it. Um, Oh, the, uh, the chances that, that the Kraken were getting, which was kind of frustrating was um, like, we've been talking about the Leafs have trouble clearing their zone when teams set up on them, even if it's not on the power play, they kept everybody at the end of the game there, it was, uh, I think Lilligren hit like two minutes and 42 seconds or something. And, um, was it Lily and geo that got stuck out there and everybody was over two minutes. Like that's, I get it. It's the end of the game and they're pressing hard to try to get something. But like, I mean, those are the times where I, I am like, okay, I'm noting that down as one of the leaf struggles is clearing their zone. Yeah. Which, is with how they can control the puck themselves and how quickly we've seen them attack before, like we've seen them being an outrageously aggressive penalty killing team attacking and attacking, you would think they'd be able to get it back without too much trouble or at least get it out. Yeah. And it, it seems like it's always just a, a quick clear as soon as they get control of it, but it's always from so deep in their end that someone grabs it. Like it feels like watching myself play chell and I'm not very good at clearing the zone in chell. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't know. It, it seems the only place where they're not glued to the puck. I don't get it. Yeah. Speaking of glued to the puck, did you see what Nola Chari was showing Matthews? Mm, no, I didn't catch that. So uh, I think it was their first game together. Matthews was commenting on all the uh, the wax and tape that Achari was putting on his stick. And he's like, you have your ways of keeping the puck on your stick. I have mine. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Something I read somewhere that, that his nickname is Cookie Monster, too. I, yeah, I heard about that. I, I have to <clears throat> figure out why, because it's one of those where I'm like, OK, I don't I don't get it. But sure, let's do it. Like Cookie yeah. was what I was seeing. Yeah, well, it, it'll be interesting to see why, if there's a backstory to that, that we'll actually get or not. Oh, it uh, just became official. So I guess with this, we should get into trades because one just officially happened. We got the return on the uh, Tanner Janot. Don't look at it because I haven't looked at the whole thing. Don't look at it. Why not? Because we'll get to it and we can talk about it. <laughs> um, oh, It's not even on the trade tracker i'll have to pull it up from tsn uh so anything before we move on to trades here with the leafs uh what do you mean like what i want them to go after or oh i mean like from the the games here 
just uh, still lots of stuff to build on. Um, knock on wood, hopefully Sammy didn't actually hurt himself. I saw a report afterwards that he mentioned that he kind of tweaked something, but he was fine. Like the reporters were saying that it didn't look like he was limping or walking funny or anything afterwards. So that's good news. Okay. Um, yeah, just just keep more of the same. It's it's good seeing everybody appears to be healthy and starting to click. Like even Matthew's coming back from his little bit of time off. He he's looking like himself. He's looking like the player that he has been all season, being the complete complete game end to end, not just offensive. He's still a, a ridiculous threat offensively, but he's still stripping pucks off people. He's still blocking shots. Everything that you want your guy to do. Um, last thing, actually, we should go to questions on the game before we go to trades. Uh, first one, Marty says, hi. Hi, Marty. Next Sup? one <laughs> from Jason Lyle at go Harvick go. Why is 58 still on the top line? Doesn't hit, doesn't make plays, falls down every time he touches someone. Um, only scores open net tap ins that he is fed. Why not try someone else in a spot for a couple games? Interesting point so michael bunting has been um less uh has less offensively productive i think this year than last year but um has been more of a pain in the ass and i think that's what they're trying to add to the top line is just create that brad marchand light you know i mean i think it, it took a while for marchand to to turn into the offensive power that he has like he was more of just a pain in the ass for a while so i mean look if we can let him develop he's still young ish like the new ish to the league i don't know what do you think on bunting i think that people need to realize what he is yes he's playing on the first line that's kind of what i mean yeah like he's playing on the first line but sometimes depending on the players you can't have three superstars on the same line for an entire season and expect it to work it doesn't matter how good you are. You might not be able to play with someone else who is just that good. Look at Crosby. For the majority of his career, he has had people on his wings who do not belong on the top line. Yeah. Chris Kunis, Pascal Dupuis, like anybody. The guy just drags people up and he, the way his engine works, the way his game works, he needs those players that are they're not going to do everything. They're just going to do the right things. Yeah. And I think look, bunting is not the same player Hyman was, um, but it's a replacement in the sense that it's somebody that clicks with those two. And that's not an easy thing. Like we've talked about how playing with superstars is not easy. Like you, like you said, you can't just be another superstar. It has to be somebody that understands what they need. It's like, you know, you got to be the Ringo star, you know, don't, don't overshadow the, the, other people in the band, you know, you got to add exactly what's needed and do it in an effective, skilled way, right? Ringo Bunting. <laughs> no, that that works. Um, I'm a drummer, he... by the way, and I think Ringo was great. I'm not dissing him at all. But <laughs> no, it's, it's we just all know funny. we all know his role. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, he did. He brings a different presence to that line, and I don't want people to think that I'm saying that Matthews isn't focused when he's out there or isn't engaged but when you have someone that does the things that bunting does on the line with you you can't help but be giving that extra 
extra oomph when you're going in for a hit or, you know, try a little harder when you're trying to strip a puck off a guy because you see the guy that's out there with you. He's busting his balls and he is putting everything he has into every shift. Oh, and uh, Bunting getting into it with Yanni Gord tonight. You see the uh, the helmet go sliding down the ice when they were getting onto the bench. <laughs> I don't know if Gord threw it at him or Bunting threw it after taking it off him, but on the uh, the broadcast they were saying, you couldn't see it on camera, but they're like, oh, Bunting and Gord going at it here right in front of uh, our broadcast at the ice level. And then as soon as the camera pans over, there's just a black helmet sliding down the ice. <laughs> this is great. Um, I think we have one on Discord. Give me a hot sec here. Um, here, Kelly Cartel, who's your top right wing, Willie or Mitch? So tonight, obviously, we had uh, Mitch just, yes. claiming a spot. Yes. Like, okay. Y- yes who, is just the answer. Like, I, I get it, but um, I would say... Oh my god! Because I mean, look, you you put Mitch on the first line and Matthew scores a couple goals. You put him on the second line, O'Reilly's going to score a couple. So like, <laughs> to, I guess it depends on the team honest, you're against. Yeah, like Nylander being with Tavares for as long as he was, I think that helped a little bit of Nylander's game. Gave him a little bit more of that dig on the boards and constantly hunt for the puck because that's what mm-hmm. JD has done his entire career. So then when he's been up with Matthews, it's kind of taken a little bit of the load off Matthews. He doesn't have to run and grab it. Willie's going to go in, and it's it's been nice seeing the change that's there and that's a potential. But we can't really go wrong. It would probably have to depend on... If, if they're going to keep O'Reilly and Tavares together, let's just start there. If they're going to keep those two guys together on that second line, then you really can't go wrong. And it would be who you're playing against and how the series is going. If it's a run and gun and you have a lot of open chances to score, put Matthews and Marner together because they're going to create magic. It's going to be all over the place. If it's get tightening up a little bit and you know, you need to not that Matthews and Marner can't be defensive, but you need to make sure that you've got two solid, solid lines that maybe aren't quite as offensively dangerous, put Nylander up with Matthews and Marner down with JT and O'Reilly. This is just my opinion because then all three guys on both lines are going to hunt like crazy, but they'll bring different things out of each other. I think it's a, yeah, honestly. Um, yeah. I don't know what else to add to that really, other than it. it's that if you're against a team where their first line is going to be, uh, say you're against Boston, where it's like a very high-powered first line, I would probably put Nylander on the first line to have a, a higher chance of scoring with your second line and a little maybe two-way responsibility. Because I think when Nylander's on... Nylander's game from like his takeaways and everything this year has been great, and I think it also kind of clicks Matthews into that mode where um, you then throw Marner on the second line with O'Reilly and Tavares, and it's like... You, know, you can take advantage of whoever's out there afterwards. So I think it's it's just going to depend on how spread out the team you're against is. I I feel like I'm trying to preface everything I say tonight. Like I don't want to say that Matthews loses some of his defensive responsibility with Marner, but I think you couldn't help yourself if you're out there with someone who is that offensively gifted 
and can legitimately get you the pass at any point in time. Exactly, right? That, it's it's the same thing that you say about Willie playing with JT. It's like you have to play to who you're with. I mean, like JT's not a one-man show like Matthews is where, you know, just feed him the puck anywhere and he'll probably be able to get a shot off. It's like you have to help him create a play so it forces Willie to be more responsible and go and get the puck for him where now you've got Marner with Matthews. He's, like you said, you get into that mindset of I can just get somewhere he'll find me. Yeah, and whereas like JT and O'Reilly... They're, it doesn't matter how good Marner is or where he's getting the puck, they are so ingrained into playing that certain style and they've been doing it for so long, they're never going to not be defensive-minded first. Yeah, They're not going to sacrifice that part of the game just to get a goal. So if you put him down there, that's what I mean by if he's down there, it's it's almost a little better defensively. So basically we're saying that um, if, if Matthews and Marner are... Um, Lennon and McCartney then you know you got Willie as as George Harrison you can kind of throw him in sometimes the song is still good like just throw people off a little bit they're like oh shit Harrison's singing this one Uh, we might have to ask Marty for his take on it but I think that's actually a pretty good pretty good comparison so we got we got we got Ringo Bunting (laughs) 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 I love this the the fab four here Um, William Harrison Nylander (laughs) <laughs> his name's long enough we don't need to give him another one. <laughs> oh lord okay so let's get to trades um so we'll work up to the one that just happened or do you want to break the one that just happened let's break this one because i told you not to look at it <laughs> so this one kind of came out earlier we just finally know the return so tampa bay lightning add tanner Janot. so have you seen what they spent on him? I haven't. Okay. Take a guess at what the Tampa Bay Lightning spent to get Tanner Janot with the market that we have seen the last couple days. Um, let's say... I'm going to say there's probably going to be like something ridiculous, like six or seven draft picks and a, a prospect that they're not happy with. Pretty close. Uh, first in 2025, top 10 protected. Second in 2024. Third, fourth, and fifth in 2023. And Calfoot. Calfoot? Yep. Interesting. I know. Very interesting. So Tanner, you know, he's up at the end of this year, I'm, I think, yes? I believe so, yep. Yeah, 25. So he's probably RFA'd. That's it's going to be tough uh, for Tampa to keep. It's probably going to be a rental, and he's going to hit the market. Somebody to watch in the offseason, but uh, as far as the playoffs go, and for the Leafs in the first round, Tanner Janot is going to be a pain in the ass. This is somebody that I, and I think Darty as well, wanted the Leafs to add, mostly just so the Tampa Bay Lightning and Boston Bruins didn't get him. I feel like he would be a great Bruin, but... Uh, Tampa ends up with Tanner Janot of the Nashville Predators. So this guy, anybody who doesn't follow fantasy, um, he is a hit machine. So last year on top of scoring a ton of points, uh, he is just a hitting monster. So kind of a Tom Wilson type, but younger. That's really interesting. I thought Calfoot was in their plans for a while. Well, God damn, they've traded a lot of draft picks. I know. 
I for know. this year, they have a sixth and two sevenths. That's it. Holy shit. And Next the thing year, is, I I say the Leafs have a better shot of retaining Ryan O'Reilly than Tampa does of retaining Tanner Janot after this year, like re-signing. Yeah, I could see that. My God. That's a lot, man. Oh, okay, so we'll uh, we'll work backwards then since we started there. Um, also today, <laughs> during the game, Timo Meyer finally moves to the New Jersey Devils. Uh, so Timo, the full trade, this is like an NBA trade is what I called it because the amount of people that went both ways is just absolutely bonkers. Uh, it's hard to even keep track of what went for Timo Meyer because... <laughs> like so many players. So New Jersey receives Timo Meyer, Scott Harrington, who funny enough, the Leafs got in the Kessel trade to Pittsburgh along with Kapanen and somebody else. I don't know. First. <laughs> uh, so Timo Meyer, Scott Harrington, Santeri Hataka, who what I'm assuming is Finnish, uh, Timur Ib- Ibrahimov, Zach Emond um, and a 2024 fifth round pick that Colorado has. So then San Jose receives a 2023 first, a conditional 2024 first. Shakir Mukhamadulin, who's a KHLer, Fabian Zetterland, Nikita Okotiak, Andreas Janssen, Leaf Legend. So Leaf Legend going either way in this trade. And a seventh round pick. So Timo Meyer also 50% retained. What a big trade of a lot of nothing at the same time. Like after the first in Timo Meyer, it just becomes like, what the hell is this? It's basically a lot of futures. Like Janssen's a roster player, so he can fill that spot right away that you're losing with Meyer going. So that's understandable. And then. Zetterlin and Makamadulin are two younger prospects that they're probably at best, what do we want to say, two, three years from making a, a, a big impact if they pan out. So Jules at uh, Clairvoix498 says uh, a rough equivalent package from the Leafs would be Holmberg, Kerfoot, Kral, Niemela, and the two firsts, but... New Jersey's is likely still better. So would you do that trade to bring him in for a rental? Holmberg, Kerfoot, Kral, Niemela, and two firsts. Probably not. Like, I love the guy. I love the way Meyer plays, but that is all he is, is strictly a rental if he's a Leaf. So you bring him to the Devils, and I can't see any reason why they don't re-sign him next year. That's the thing that I think was the selling point is that the Devils have the opportunity to keep him. I'm glad of all the teams that he could have gone to. That's where he goes because if the Leafs have to face him, it's going to be, you know, the the Devils got to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals at that point, right? For the Leafs to play them. Yeah. So it's, I mean, I'd rather that than Boston or Tampa. That's all I got to say because... I, I think he's a difference maker. It's hard to say how much of a difference. Like Darty brought up, he's played really well with Thomas Hurdle. Uh, it's hard to say how he's going to go anywhere else, right? He's never played anywhere else. I I think I think it'll be fine because you don't really go and ask that question about a lot of players. 
the majority of time, right? Like, yeah, I think the difference though is that San Jose is an old, experienced team, and New Jersey is the opposite. Like, you're kind of going from one of the oldest teams in the league to probably the youngest. But they're all more in his age bracket. Yeah, but maybe he's not used to being like, are they going to see him as, you know, he's got to be a leader on this team to all these young guys? Like, maybe that's a role that he's not used to. So I think that's going to be interesting to check back on. They've already got Tatar. They've got Palat. They've they've got some that's older true. players on the team. Dougie Hamilton. Like, it's not like it's all 20-year-olds. Um, it it just seems like their forward group mostly is because Tatar and Pilat are so buried down there. But like the guys he's going to be playing with are all you know, twenty twenty one. Eric Hall is there as well. Okay, but and then like with regards to re-signing them, the Devils at this point have four forwards signed for next year. Yeah, so they'll keep him. They'll make it work. Uh, his qualifying offer is like ten or ten and a half million, though, so it's it's not going to be easy even for them. Um, what um, what else was there on Timo Meyer trade? Fifty percent retained, yeah. So what I'm I... curious is like the amount of players that even New Jersey sent the other way. Like, what is the actual like? What I, the only thing I can see is like a first for Timo Meyer and then another first to retain the fifty percent pardon me the 50 percent, and then all the players just kind of cancel each other out i think it would be for contract purposes because you're only technically allowed to have so many nhl contracts per season so really it's like the actual price was just the two firsts yeah I, i'm not in the room so who knows maybe maybe mike greer wanted a lot more of these players from the devils Okay, and then it's just a matter of offloading contracts the other way. Yeah. Um, So otherwise, Colorado acquires defenseman Jack Johnson in exchange for Andreas England. Nothing. uh, I mean, Jack Johnson going back to Colorado, wasn't he there before? Yeah, he was. Um, Because I think it was, I think both the Johnsons were on the team last year when they won. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Vegas acquires Ivan Barbashev um, because, you know, Vegas will just add everybody they can and stash people on IR. I have now learned for fantasy that anybody you pick from the Vegas Golden Knights will be on IR at some point during the season. So please have a backup for them. Oh, my God. I didn't think it was going to be Logan Thompson. (laughs) I have gone through like five players on the Vegas Golden Knights that just like stop playing. I'm like, well, you're not going to be back to the playoffs. The, the way that team is run is just absolutely baffling. It doesn't make any sense, man. So uh, Barbashev for Zach Dean. A lot of one-for-one one trades. So Dallas gets Evgeny Dodonov from Montreal in exchange for Denis Gurianov. An of for an of. Gurianov like, fell off the radar ridiculously quickly. Because it was only a couple years ago when Dallas, like in the bubble, when they were making the cup final, Gary Anoff was supposed to be the next big thing. Yeah, and then I, it seemed like all these guys like Rupe Hintz and uh, and Jason Robertson just kind of exploded and Gary Anoff took a backseat to all of it and they just changed their focus. Like yeah. I remember he was he was such a big name coming out of there and that was it. So um, now Dodonov going to uh, the Dallas Stars. Man, that guy's had an interesting couple of years, eh? He definitely has. This trade actually did happen. So yeah. he, he does have to go to Dallas. 
Uh, Winnipeg picking up Nino Niederreiter, Nino Niederreiter from uh, Nashville in exchange for a second round pick. Is this something that the Leafs should have done? Um, I wouldn't have minded it if the Leafs did that. Niederreiter, you know, he played a lot in Carolina. He has played a lot all over the place, really. Um, this is the first one where I was like, damn it. Yeah. A good one. So he, he would have been a good pickup, but good on the Jets for getting it. It only costs a second round pick, so it's not horrible. That's what I mean. Uh, um, Canucks pick up Vitelli Kravsov from the Rangers in exchange for William Lockwood in a seventh round pick. So Kravsov wanted out of uh, the Rangers because they um, are not good with prospects. As we've learned the last couple of years, they don't really know what they're doing for some reason with young players. I, I don't get it. But uh, Kravtsov said, I would rather go to Vancouver. <laughs> Which so is that ridiculous. Says like absolutely ridiculous. But maybe he knows Kuzmenko from over in Russia. Maybe they'll make a, Could be. Make a good pairing together. Could be. That would be dangerous. If uh, I mean, if Kravtsov is part of what the Canucks can turn around and if they can turn things around this quickly, like the fact that they're already adding a couple pieces to reshape the team like this it might shorten the window of how long they're going to be bad for uh, avalanche picking up goaltender Keith Kincaid from the Bruins in exchange for Shane Bowers. Um, doesn't mean a ton for the Leafs, but it's, I don't know. It's, it's uh, weird that the avalanche would be going for a third goalie to me. That was the only thing that stood out, but they, uh, I don't think they're as confident this year, not having uh, their boy Kemper. I mean, not that Kemper was super solid, but I mean, it's the same situation the Leafs are in right now, right? Where you've moved on from, you, you had success with the goalie, regardless of how good they were. And uh, it's kind of a limbo year for them. Uh, Bruins also picking up Dmitry Orloff and Garnet Hathaway from the Capitals in a three-team trade that also includes the Minnesota Wild. Surprise, surprise. So I made the joke that the Wild play in the uh, U.S. in World War II mode here. World War yeah, USA in World War II, just chilling in the middle, being like, if anybody needs something, let us know for now. We're just going to hang back. Yeah, <laughs> we're we're not, just going to help uh, everybody. Yeah, <laughs> we're just going to play in the background. Um, so the Wild, like you pointed out, can only do this twice, correct? Un- unless something's changed, um, which I haven't really had a chance to dig too much into, but I know that when the whole retention was first coming about. You could only retain two contracts at the same time. Well, I mean, honestly, it's a pretty good deal because they get, just get some free draft picks to pick up some money in a year where they're just getting ready to have a ton of dead, uh, dead money on their cap. So why not? Which this year alone, they're now at almost 16 million in dead cap. Oh, between the buyouts of Parise and Suter and then the retained salary of Orlov and O'Reilly. What is it next year for them? Uh, 14.7 for the next Eesh. two years. Eesh. Yeah, that's not fun. So get some draft picks so you can uh, have some guys playing for cheap because it's the only thing you're going to have. Uh. So the uh, okay, so the whole trade here, Orlov and Hathaway. Uh, Bruins also acquire forward prospect Andrei Svetlakov from the Wild. And Capitals acquire forward Craig Smith 
first round pick in the 2023 draft, a third round pick in 24, and a second round pick in 25, and the Wild to get a fifth round pick from the Bruins. Holy complicated, but a lot of stuff going around. It basically seems like uh, Craig Smith in a first round gets you or love and then the rest for uh for hathaway so it's a good trade for them it makes them a pretty deep team for a team that's already deep there's a lot of people that was thinking that it's like okay yeah first round pick for orlov second round picks you can take smith's salary and then we'll throw the other pick in for hathaway yeah uh any other oh interesting one here uh chicago blackhawks acquire nikita zaitsev a second round pick uh, a fourth round pick for uh, nothing <laughs> from the Sens. So I, I just got to say, if we're comparing dumping off the Zaitsev contract, Dubas did a lot better of a job than the Sens did. Oh, hell yeah. And you know it's a bad contract when you have to dump it twice. Yeah, but this time was even worse. Like, they just paid picks and take him. Like, that's that's pretty bad when it's just future considerations. Eesh. What was the, what was the Zaitsev trade with the Leafs? That was the massive one with Connor Brown and Fanuf and everything, was it not? Yeah, they got CC. So the deal was um, Zaitsev, Connor Brown, and Michael Cartsone for CC, Ben Harper, Aaron Luchuk, and a third round pick. So I mean. <laughs> It wasn't that bad. Like, it's not a great trade. You were still having to give up Connor Brown, but you were getting at least Cody Cece, who you were able to turn into something. Yeah, we did have to see Cece in a Leaf jersey for a while, so maybe we did lose out on that. Yeah, we got to see Zaitsev in a Sens jersey longer, (laughs) though. So, yeah, Sens having to spend to get rid of that sucks, especially when they're trying to rebuild. Um, the other funny one was the Arizona Coyotes acquire defenseman Shea Weber and a fifth-round pick from the Vegas Golden Knights in exchange for Dyson Mayo. So why do you think I would find this interesting, Justin? What What's weird about this? That the Coyotes have a better team on IR than they've ever had on the ice? Well, there's that, but <laughs> what I find interesting the most is um, last year, and I talked about this, and I got really mad about it, the Coyotes tried to trade for Shea Weber's contract, but the league said no, because Bill Daly and Gary Bettman thought that it would be too embarrassing for their rebuilding baby to pick up a dead contract, and that would mean that they're kind of signing the the confirmation that they are a you know load off money team like they're just there to pick up dead space so he didn't want his baby doing this so they blocked the trade it was supposed to be for um i think it was the dodonov thing so anyway it says instead the coyotes traded a fourth round pick for brian little's contract so now they have both so I don't know why it was uh, not okay for the Coyotes to pick up Shea Weber's contract last year. But this year, especially while Bettman himself is on TV begging people to vote for this new arena, that he's going to let them pick this contract up. Uh, the only thing that you could really find was that it was for insurance reasons. 
and I don't know if that's because of whatever part of Weber's salary they would be on the hook for. Maybe it's not insurable or who knows. But the fact, like, they almost have $20 million of dead cap space. That's insane. And also the insurance thing's bullshit because Weber ended up going to Vegas. Like, they they traded the contract anyway. They just wouldn't let them trade it to Arizona. Well, probably because the league didn't want to pay for the insurance on the contract. Oh, because Arizona couldn't? <laughs> oh, well, probably not. Why? How can you pay insurance on a $6 million contract when you can't pay your rent, right? Yeah, that's true. Um, and then I guess the Sens also dumping off Tyler Mott to the Rangers. So that that covers the trade tracker. And uh, I guess all I have to say is what in the hell are Pierre Lebrun and company going to talk about on Friday? I don't know, but Chikrin? it's almost like it, it, it almost looks good on them. With how ridiculous everyone's been. Like, I love the almost masterclass that Dubis gave everybody for coming out of nowhere. Not that the Leafs weren't ever linked to O'Reilly, but I did not see that trade coming. No, me neither. So just to to give you an idea of what TSN's going to be talking about on Friday, here's here's the top five. We'll give you the top ten for the trade bait list. Patrick Kane, Jacob Chikrin, Jake McCabe, Vladislav Gavrikov, Luke Shen, Sam Lafferty, James Van Riemsdyk, St. Louis's first round picks, Lars Eller, and Shane Goss's bear. Um, this is going to be a really boring trade deadline day because I'm assuming Patrick Kane might get moved before Friday. Jacob Chikrin might not even go anywhere. And then Luke Shen might not go anywhere. Like some of these things might just... Like they're trade bait, but I don't think they'll even move. Yeah, it's gonna be, man. it's it's gonna be odd. But there's gonna be trades that nobody can even contemplate right now that end up going down. I think the ones that are gonna be interesting to watch are like the ones at the bottom here, like Sean Monahan and like Max Domi and the guys that are gonna make a difference on a team that's already stacked. Like just adding that extra name. That's like oh shit. Like um, who else we got down here? Nick Schmaltz. Um, Jacob Verana from Detroit who wants out of there. Matthias Ekholm. Like there's a, there's a couple names that would make a big difference that are farther down this list. It's just this whole thing around Chikrin and Kane. Like they could both stay where they are. They could. And and if we're talking about trades here, I, I was just trying to roam on Twitter to make sure we weren't missing anything. So it seems like everything's going down today. Um, Dom Lashizen. Lish, I've heard Dom Lecision. Okay, yeah. Anyways, he he has some pretty neat stuff out there with player cards, and and he's got a a model that they punch everything into, and it gives odds and everything, and it's it's fairly accurate, and I think it it matches up with what a lot of people see. According to him, after trading five picks for Tanner Janot, Tampa Bay's odds of winning the Stanley Cup dropped from three point seven percent to three point four percent. What? <laughs> According to their model. Okay. And then he, 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 he goes on to say like, you know, he's not going to 
Like he's not going to doubt Tampa because he fully believes they know what they're doing, even if the price was batshit. But I mean, they spent crazy on Brandon Hagel, and everybody's like, "What on him?" And you know, it kind of worked. So that just shows you they're scared. They beat us last year, and they're still that worried that they're going out to improve. They're scared. They let in. They let in six goals in the second period tonight against Pittsburgh and lost seven three. They did have Brian Elliott in that. Still, like, that's the thing is that team is so dependent on Andre Vasilevsky. That's scary. That's Leafs pretty know scary. how to beat him. Yeah, and they have nothing to go up, go back to, right? Like, if the Leafs figure out Matt Murray, switch to Sammy and vice versa. If you figure out uh, Vasilevsky, it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> we don't have money for another goalie. Uh, so... Anything you want to close us off with before I uh, have a little thing to play? Um, Not today, I don't think. Cool. Uh, the next two games we got, was it Wednesday, Thursday, back-to-back Oilers and um, and Flames, I think? Yeah, I believe so. And then it's, was it Friday that they played the Canucks? Yeah, so I don't know about you, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to do, uh, because of the late games, they're 8 and 9 o'clock. That's going to be pretty late to stay up to do these. So they're not going to be post game like right after the show the the game's over but we'll um we'll have some episode up this week we'll cover those two games maybe friday or we'll see how thursday night goes but maybe friday after uh because of trade deadline we'll do the two games and trades by the way shout out to mr zilstra i believe he is going to be at the leafs canucks game oh nice well if anybody's there say hi for us um also coming up i'm gonna say it again March 18th, Leafs and Sens. Hit me up. Lots of people going. And uh, on Marty Zilstra, we have a track to play we're going to close out with. So uh, thank you so much for listening. This has been Leafs Late Night. This is The Passion from Marty Zilstra. We've got Magic Mitchie. We've got Austin Matthews and we've got Captain Johnny and we've got Morgan Riley and we've got Willie's flow. This is what we know. It's been a real long road, but we know we can do it. Here we go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Go, Leafs, go. Let's go.
I can't wait to hear that on Hockey Night in Canada. Thanks for tuning in. Leafs Light Night. See you next time.